You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I am Mary Jo Tumare. Okay, Mary, I've been thinking about the debt limit a lot. And now Janet Yellen came out and said we could be facing the possibility of default by as early as June 1st, because apparently they're not collecting taxes as quickly as they... Oh, I love that. So many people ask for extensions. Rich people will. I've never done that, but I do understand that people do it. And um, so they didn't get enough money in. And I think, I always think, well, the federal budget is not like your home budget, but that has happened to me before too. Like not enough money came in last month. So yeah, I thought there was another check coming in and I just, I like picture some people at the treasury sitting around like with a desk calculator saying, Hey, you know, Eleanor, how are we doing? And she said, well, (laughs) we just got a nice one in uh, from uh, Mr. Sawyer. And they said, Mr. Sawyer, done, he, he pays $1,100. That's not going to do anything. It's not yeah, going to so, help. So, you know, there, all their hopes and dreams were hung upon tax collection. So that is so truly pathetic. Um, so now we just have to hope and pray that Joe Biden and Kevin McCarthy can play nice and figure something out so the whole um, country doesn't go. What was the expression mom used to use? Not the shitter, but like in the dumper or in the dumps? Or, the dumper, I, don't I, I don't remember. I'll have in to think the, about that. But in the pooper? Something, said that. Yeah, but it was something like, like it the, appears listen, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, we're going to have a rational discussion, you and I. But I want to begin with something extreme. First, this whole thing of this voting for the debt limit every couple of years is stupid on the face of it. It doesn't make any sense uh, why we go through all that. But I am growing convinced that it's not constitutional. And I'm going to quote for you from the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. The validity of the public debt of the United States shall not be questioned. That's what they said. Well, doesn't it seem like when the Congress won't vote to increase the amount of borrowing that goes on, we are questioning the validity of the public debt? But John, how do you enforce that, for lack of a better word? So, uh, in other words, whether it's the executive or the Senate or who, who sues whom to get that issue before the court to say it's unconstitutional. I have an idea for that. I thought ahead because I knew you were going to ask ask Mm -hmm. that. I think the executive branch, Biden, Janet Yellen, just goes ahead and borrows money. And the way they will always do and spends the money. And when they do that, assuming that no debt limit has been raised, then the Republicans would sue them oh. for doing it. 
and that would race up in the courts. Now, there's a big downside here. This would all create a kind of economic uncertainty that I know would have a terrible, terrible effect on the economy. So my idea kind of sucks in a way. It's an idea in the pooper or whatever mom said. <laughs> in, the, uh, in the dumper or something. Yeah, but I mean, this isn't going to happen. But someday when cooler heads prevail, we ought to just take a look at, you know, what is the point of this? I think the point when it was first passed was to be a kind of form of fiscal discipline that we'd have to uh, vote on that. But what it's become is just a leverage uh, for the party. Well, and it's dumb because if 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 Trump were president right now, they'd pass that thing, no problem. Oh, we know because they did it twice. Yeah, so it's not that, it's not as as if it's a matter of principle. It's not a matter of principle. So it's just um, yeah, it's just leverage, like you say. Now, this is. You know, I'm always trying to look at both sides and whatever. I know that's one, what's great about you. I don't. Yeah, I would say, yeah. or or bad about me. But right. one of the things, John, is that con elections do have consequences, and the Republicans did win narrowly, but they did win the House. This is not to say that I want, you know, them to not re uh, raise the debt ceiling and the whole thing to fall apart. I don't want that to happen. But I would like a discussion about it that is intelligent. I, I would love Biden to say, okay, elections have consequences. So you all voted for Republicans and here's where we are because of that. Because every single time they get into power, this is what they do. And then I would like in two years when Biden runs to say, I'd like you to reelect me and I'd like you to give me a another Democratic House of Representatives, so we don't have to play these games. I thought one of Schumer's ideas was a good one, which is to have hearings on what McCarthy's bill would do, what, what's actually going to be cut. Because if you listen to the, the sides of it, Scalise says, oh, we never would cut benefits from hardworking Americans or veterans. And yet, the plan slashes and burns a lot of programs that hardworking Americans use. So we're not getting good reporting on that, or at least it's not getting to the people that need to get to it. No, we're not getting good reporting. And here's one that really points to that. Uh, the bill, as the House passed it, is about 300 pages, a lot of stuff in there. And to listen to McCarthy and the Republicans, you would sh swear it's all about savings and improving the budget picture. Actually, two-thirds of the pages, I know this is a strange way to quantify it, but in terms of pages, two-thirds of the pages are about the fossil fuel industry and rolling back climate, climate controls. So this, you know, if they wanted to sit down and say, what can we do rationally to try and bring our budget back under control. Okay, I'll be with you. I'll, I'll vote, for, vote for that. But if what they want to do, and it's in the bill, is get rid of uh, uh, the student loan cancellation, get rid of climate efforts, 
get rid of all the jobs and factories that are supporting green energy and further support fossil fuel. No, no, that's not the bargain. So that so I think Schumer's point, if he could get the hearings together quickly enough, I think Schumer's idea is a good idea, which say that's good, but let's just have a hearing and, and take this bill apart a little bit and see what you're proposing. And if what you're proposing is we're going to um, roll back the climate um, uh, protection pieces, the electric vehicles, the factories to make solar panels, all that, all those really are tax breaks more than um, entitlement programs. I think most people after the weather year we've had, you know, the, the winter and what, what's being proposed, like the weather's going to be for the next nine months, might say, why are you doing that? And you don't have to be an environmental warrior to think that something needs to be done. And I, the other thing I don't understand is the Republicans' position on the student loans, because that's very popular, and not just with Democrats. So it seemed, and, and I don't know what the cost of that is, but I bet in the overall budget, it's minuscule. I, I don't know that, but I'm, yeah. I'm just guessing, because we talk about like the work requirements for anybody getting food stamps. That's one thing. So that that does, what does that help? You yeah, know, there's, it, play, it there's a place for that stu stuff, but why do you have to hold the economy hostage to get there? Right. And it's all pretty much an illusion anyway. It's a culture war kind of thing because there are tons of people in their base who say, you know what, I have to work, make those people on Medicaid work as well. What they don't seem to realize, and I think the, the Schumer idea is a good one, and he could expose this. Most of the people on Medicaid are working right now. Right. The other and biggest the, group who are not working are not physically capable of but working. But they're old people. I think what a lot of folks don't understand is when you get old, you're on Medicare and Social Security until you have to go into a nursing home and don't have money. And then you're Medicaid. You're not Medicare anymore. So, you know, so you um, run out of money, which many old people do, in, in a sense, no fault of their own, because they get sicker, they run through whatever savings they've had, which for most Americans is quite small. So the average American knows people who are on Medicaid, and they don't know, they know that they're on Medicaid. So I think that discussion of who are you really hurting here um, it is a good one. And there's so much misinformation, no surprise, um, that we can't break through it. You know, say, well, you have to have a work requirement to be on food stamps. Okay, that makes sense. I think you're right. I think most people on food stamps probably are working. But still, um, sometimes they can't be working. You know, they have disabled kid, this or that, you know, there's a million and one circumstances. And I don't believe that the American people are so mean spirited that they want to take those benefits away from somebody who's just trying to survive. No. And I, I just read uh, a good article, a good report about 
this Medicaid work in Arkansas, which is, has and has had in place one of the most aggressive programs uh, uh, anywhere in, in the states. And what they found was people weren't losing their Medicaid because they weren't working. The problem was the amount of reporting that had to go on because you have to report all of your work. And if you screw anything up in the reporting, you know, it's like filing government forms. Mm -hmm. You're, you're off uh, from, from there. And, and so, I mean, the bottom line, I guess that we're saying in this is first, you ain't going to save that much money on this in, in any case. And all you're really doing is satisfying that old Reagan era troop uh, about welfare Queens, except now it's Medicaid Queens and food stamp uh, Queens and people not do, doing any work. We've got to get off of that and let's go at something you and I have talked about. There is, in fact, they don't want to admit it, things that have to be done about Social Security and Medicare. There absolutely are. Why aren't we having that conversation? Right. Or why aren't we having a conversation about the Trump tax cuts? You know, that's just like not even in the universe for them that there are taxes. Um, there are places you can tax, whether it's what they call the death tax, you know, the estate tax or other kind of corporate taxes that were instituted during the Trump tax. But there are other places both to revenue sources and fund and programs that are funded that could be looked at. And I'm not saying that there aren't cuts to be made, but to blow the whole economy up for this principle. What's interesting to me, John, is I think that Kevin McCarthy knows what a, you know, a terrible position he's put himself in and he's not quite sure how to get out of it because there is a, a solution. The solution is you, um, you negotiate something with Biden, whatever it is. And I do think Biden has to come to the table. He can't just be like, we're not talking to you. And I know they've agreed to meet and they come up with some deal and he needs Democrats to help. So he's got his moderate Republicans who will then join with the Democrats to pass it. And that's the end of McCarthy's speakership right there. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. So but you're he right. blows up the economy or blows up his speakership. And I don't think there's a middle ground. No, neither do I. And you're exactly right. That's the only way it comes to a solution. But in doing that, even though, you know, he's going to throw himself on the tracks uh, doing that, he also blows up the power of that extreme right minority uh, in the Republican uh Congress and says to them, no, actually, there are other ways this this could work, uh, you know, up to him. Maybe Kevin McCarthy is a very brave guy with a lot of principles. Did I just say that? <laughs> yeah, that's sure. But, yeah. you know, what what is true is that his adversary, if you want to call him that, is Joe Biden, who's been through this before multiple times. Yeah, he was about he was Obama's point person on this. And he knows how Washington works, and he's a much more adept player than McCarthy is. So I put my money on Joe Biden at the end of the day, and there will be some compromise. 
maybe they'll kick the can down the road. But what Biden can't have is the con economy going into a deep recession a year and a half before he's running for re-election. I mean, already today, Wall Street was just a mess. And for anybody who has any money sitting there on Wall Street, it ain't good. No. And that's mm -hmm. us. I better go that's worry us. about that. Absolutely. <laughs> that's my future. Yeah. Talk to you. Bye. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.